This morning, I want us, uh, I want us to look at the idea of, um, actually, we're going to look at worry. Um, and the reason I want us to look at worry is because um, I, I you know, just talking with all of you, um, it's, it's there. It's there all the time. Um, but I want to say this, you know, last week we talked about the idea that all people, all people matter to God. And we have some people that really care about people. Thank you for that. Um, all people matter to God. Do you believe that? I had um, a woman come up to me after the service, after second service, um, last week, and said, Frank, uh, thank you, Pastor Frank, thank you for this uh, sermon and reminding us that all people matter to God. But I just want you to know, i got to be honest with you, nobody talked to me. And in fact, there were three people that came for the very first time last week, and they all sat near one another, unbeknownst to any of them, and they said, um, no one talked to us, right? No one talked to us. And I'm not here to beat anybody up here this morning. I was actually thankful that we talked about that last week, that all people matter to God. But when we have three people come to this church, and no one talks to them. Um, I think that's uh, an issue. And it starts with me. You know, It starts with my leadership, and that's poor. Um, and they were very gracious and very loving, and I was so grateful that they are truthful. But when three people do that, I think we've lost our edge. And so I just want to encourage all of us, please, remember, when we were at Mary Bryant, when we were at Farnell, Man, if you were new, we were on you. <laughs> um, and maybe we've lost some of that for real. And so if you're here for the very first time, we're trying to remember, right, what it was like to be a young church who, for our very survival's sake, we would actually just make sure that we talk to you. And if we've missed that, we're a sick church, Right? We've got issues, and so I just want to encourage us, if you find people, if you see anybody that you don't know, and maybe they've come for a while, I get that, and maybe there's going to be an awkward conversation, but that's okay. I want you to find somebody you don't know and say hello, um, because when people welcome um, those that haven't been here, it makes a difference, because if we lose the mindset that every new person is a gift from God. If we lose that mindset that every person who's here for the very first time, it's a gift um, that God would bring that person here. Um, if we lose that, man, we've lost our edge as a church. And so if you're here for the very first time, I want to say thank you so much. Thank you for coming. And for those of you that have been coming for a while, please find people you don't know. And get out of your comfort zone. Because that is, when, when we're out of our comfort zone, when I am out of my comfort zone, we're, we're the best church that we can be. And I feel like that's why we've actually, uh, we're able to establish a, a piece of property here and, and establish a church and God's blessed us is because our mindset was not insular. You know, in, in, it wasn't insulated. It was, it was uh, about those that, that were coming and wanted peace. So, I, you know, um, I'm off my soapbox now, I promise. <laughs> um, and, and, but, but 
as I preached on that, and then I literally walked down, Polly finished, I gave the benediction, I walked, and I was so grateful that this lady said what she said, and then this other guy said what he said, because it was like stunning to me. I'm like, oh my goodness, and that's me. That's poor leadership on my part. That's where it starts. But I want to remind us, man, let's, let's make sure that even at the end of this service that you're trying to find somebody you don't know to make sure that people feel comfortable, that, that people, when they come hear the gospel, right, it's, it's contextualized with what? Fellowship, the church, community. Um, and it's not just you coming to hear some, you know, 33-minute on a good day <laughs> uh, sermon, right? Um, and um, so... Uh, that's an awkward way to start out a sermon, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry about that. But I needed to say that. I feel like I'm, I mean, I just wanted to tell you that. Please, um, let's, let's be on what God has for me. Because this morning, I just want to ask you this question, because this is hopefully what I want to answer. Um, how much do you worry? Last week. How much do you worry? The things in your brain that were on, right, on a loop, what do you worry about? And how much that, does that dictate your life? Because as we're going to start 2019, it's important. And the reason I say this, and the reason I feel like God has impressed this on our church's heart, is I got a call on Tuesday or Tuesday or Wednesday, and it was a buddy of mine that I hadn't talked to in 30 years. And he said, Frank, you're the only Christian I know, and I know you're a pastor. Would you be willing to open up the doors of your church on Saturday? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, my buddy, Chris, last, not this past Thursday night, but the Thursday night before, um, got in a bad way, and he drank a ton, and he got drunk. And he was kind of out of his mind. And all of his issues internally came up. And in front of his girlfriend, he said, I, I don't think I should live anymore. I don't think it's worth it to live. And he had been, um, he had, you know, he'd had some guns, unfortunately, in his house. And in front of his girlfriend, he said, it's not worth it. And he took a gun to his head and he shot himself. I know that's stunning, but that's what was here yesterday. We had 150 people here, most of which I don't think had ever donned the doors of a church. And this guy ended his life because he didn't have any hope at all. And person, you know, five different people came up here and they gave testimony about his life. And you could just feel the weight When they don't have the Lord, they don't have much. They don't have purpose. And when worry begins to grow in our lives, in our hearts, and become this weight in our lives, we change. And so I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to look at what the scriptures say to you and to me. What are you worrying about? Because if we allow worry to grow and become this weight... And it grows even more and more. Then we begin to think, is it even worth it? Is it even worth it to live in that scary place? And I got to share the gospel yesterday. 
But most of these people had no idea. They had no idea what the Bible said. They had no idea of the story of Scripture. And I want to ask you, what do you do with worry? Because Paul says to you and to me, if we're going to start 2019, here's what I want. What if we were this church that, were, that was able to talk to the world about worry, about anxiety, right? Anxiety being, you know, this uneasiness of your mind. Because maybe you're thinking about something that's going to happen on Monday or Tuesday that you're just nervous about. Maybe it's just, it's there on the, on the, on the kind of the frontal lobe and you're thinking that, oh my goodness, I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know what my spouse is going to say. I don't know what my husband or my wife is going to say. I don't know if I'm going to stay in this relationship, right? If, I'm going to, if my girlfriend is going to stay or my boyfriend is going to stay with me or maybe I'm going to lose my job and I am nervous. And that's the way I live my life. And Paul says, look, there's a different way to live. What if that were offered to you in Christianity? A different way of living. Because this guy, Chris, on Thursday before last said, you know what? It's not worth it. Give me a gun. I'm going to end it. It is not worth it to live. And Paul was speaking to the church at Philippi, and he was saying, look, I know some of you here in this room, Frank, I know you feel this stuff. Here's what I want you to do. And this is Philippians 4. Westdown, please, do not be anxious about anything. And many of you have heard this. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And here's the promise. And the peace of God, the shalom, which transcends all understanding, will guard, right, the guardrails around your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. What are you nervous about? What governs your mind? Paul is saying to his church, to you and to me, please, don't let anxiety or worry win. There is a different way to do your life. And this isn't happy, clappy Christianity, right? This isn't like easy believism, you know, name it, claim it Christianity. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people who say, you know what? I know anxiety is this, is this disquieted soul that I have. And you know what it's done to my soul? And maybe it's done to your soul. It's robbed you. It's robbed you of peace. And what Paul is saying to you, stop. You don't have to live that way. There is a different way to do life. Do you believe that? Because so many of us are nervous. Am I going to get fired? How does my wife think about me for real? How does my husband think about me for real? What about my friends? What about my girlfriend? Do I need to go all the way because that means I'm a real man? Or as a girl, do I mean, do I need to go all the way with my boyfriend because that's what it means to be, uh, you know, a real girl in this, in this society? I am so nervous about that. And Paul says, look, when you rest in the Lord, you know what? A peace that transcends your understanding. Like, I don't get it but I feel tranquility, right? I feel peace. He says, if you do that, 
when you step out and believe a peace that you don't even know about, that you can't comprehend, that rational thought, enlightened thought, scientific thought, it will, it will explode that. And you can have that. Do you believe that? Because I think we miss it. I think we live lives that are less than what God has for us because, why? Because we're anxious about everything. You are anxious about everything. And Paul says there is a different way. What if 2019 were a different way? What if it? What if it were? Because Paul is saying, look, communion with God matters. And when you decide to not be anxious about anything, and you know, note that he says here, by prayer and petition, but he says this, with thanksgiving. Part of not being anxious is for you to say, hey, when you woke up at 6.30 or 7 this morning, for you to say, God gave me a breath this morning. I can breathe. I get life today. I get to kiss my kid today. I get to kiss my beautiful spouse today. When we understand the blessings that God gives us. You know what? We change. When you are mindful, when I am mindful about uh, the, the blessings that God has given us, then you know what he says? He says, like in Psalm 55, he says, cast your burdens upon the Lord, and he's going to sustain you. Who here in this room does not feel sustained? Maybe you haven't cast your burdens on him. Maybe that's the reason that you're struggling at a deep level. And Paul says, please, Please do that. Look at the illustration of Moses who murdered somebody and said, you know what? I'm not going to find myself in this murder. I'm going to believe that Christ, God has me uh, to be the, um, the man to call people out of Israel or Jonah or Paul in prison. Communion with God affords you what? The understanding that I can ask God. Because what? Because the peace of God which transcends all your understanding will be yours. It's indescribable, he says. And so as you think about that, he says, you know, okay, in order to do that, let me give you some practical things to do. Verse 8. Okay, so your mind. Here's what I want you to do, Westtown. Brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Are you thinking about those things? You want peace? Maybe you shouldn't be looking at the things on the internet that you're looking at. They're not noble They're not pure. So why do you feel like you have so much anxiety? It's because of this. Part of what uh, the scriptures say, part of what God said to his people, if, if my people would humbly pray, you know what? I will heal their land. If then. It's a contingency. If then. If you will do this, Westtown, if you will do this person, woman, man, then this can happen. Do you believe that? It's a promise. It's a contingency. But if we decide, you know what? I'm going to think about the promiscuous 
I'm going to think about the impure. I'm going to think about you know, the less than. You know what? We don't receive that. And so Paul is saying here, there is a battlefield and it's your mind. And it starts with the thoughts that you have in your head. And if you decide that God wants to win the battlefield of your mind, you know what? I tell you what, a peace that is beyond your understanding. So my question to you, my question to myself in preparing for this is, our next slide, what's the thought loop that you've thought, you know, this past week? What's the regular thought loop that you have, that I have? Paul says to you and to me, it matters. Some of you, you need to break this loop up. You need to stop the impurity or or, or stop the thoughts about, you know, the impure or the wrong or things that aren't admirable, things that aren't praiseworthy. Because part of my growth and your growth is this. God wants to win your mind. And there's a, there's a battlefield for your mind. And Satan, you know what? He wants to win. He wants to, 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 to um, have you think thoughts ethically that are very, very promiscuous. Say, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have impure thoughts. And what Paul is saying is, no, no, no. let's get real practical here. Your mind matters. The thought loop that you have, whatever's gone through your mind, it matters. I'm fighting for your mind, so don't be anxious. Because you, when, when you don't give your thoughts to the Lord, you know what? It has massive influence on your intimacy with God. And some of you haven't experienced that because you haven't given your mind over to the Lord. Where are you? What are the thoughts that have gone through your mind this past week? And Paul wants to encourage us to say, give them over to the Lord. Do you even tell anybody? Does anybody even know what you think about? That's the purpose of a church, is to have community, not for you to feel bad, but for you to be able to tell a brother or a sister in faith, you know what, I'm struggling with these thoughts, and they're impure, and they're not admirable. Pray for me. When you take a step like that, you know what you do is you... um, you stop this impure loop of thoughts that you have in your head. But so many of us, we're not courageous enough to do that. Paul says, will you? Could, could 2019 be different because of a new thought loop that you would kind of you know, bring to your mind? Please, your thoughts, right? When it comes to my growth and your growth, your thoughts matter. And they influence your intimacy with God. Then he says, after that, verse 9, he says, well, Whatever you've learned, or received, or heard from me, or seen in me, please, what? Put it into practice. So if you've seen this, or if you've read this in the scripture, will you not talk to your friends and go find a new person? Would you have an awkward conversation with your next door neighbor and invite them to church? Would you put it into practice? It's one thing to think it. It's one thing to say, okay, you know what? But it's another thing to what? To actually apply that into your behaviors. When we do that, the God of what? The God of peace will be with you. So as as a church, 
We don't want you to just have great thoughts about the Lord. We know that sanctification and our growth spiritually is about not just thinking, but it's about behaviors. It's about obedience. And so part of it is, hey, we want you to think the right thing, but we also know all throughout Scripture we see, you know what, people doing and obeying things. So when you don't come to church for a month and you think, well, that's no big deal. No, it is. When you decide not to be in community or in a small group and you think it's not a big deal, it is. If you don't put this stuff into practice, it affects your, um, your walk and your intimacy with God because your behavior patterns, what you decide 2019 will be like, it, it matters. And so imagine this. Imagine if we begin to change our thoughts and then that then begins to change our behaviors what would your life be like? I think you change. But we all have a loop, right? We all have, hey, you know, this is typically my Monday, my Tuesday, my Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And, you know, you won't change. You won't grow closer to the Lord if you don't change your pattern. And Paul is saying, look, you have to put this into practice. It's one thing to start coming to church and listening to what the scriptures say. It's another thing. For you to start doing it. Are you doing it? And I just let me make this qualifier by saying this is not about salvation. Salvation is faith that Jesus is the Son of God and He's the Son of Man. And that He died and He was the perfect sacrifice for you and for me. And if you believe that, you have salvation. What we're talking about this morning is this to live a life filled with the Spirit. And I, as I think, as was so, so, um, made so clear to me yesterday, when you have a room, this room, that's normally filled with Christians, was not filled with Christians. And you feel the difference. And I think sometimes we just begin to get um, complacent. Because you could feel in the testimonies during the funeral, they didn't have hope. I mean, they talked wonderfully about this guy who was hilarious and, and, and would do anything for anybody. But at the end of the day, what did they have to say about this guy? It scared me. Eternally, there wasn't a whole lot there. I thought, oh my goodness. And I got up. And I read John 11. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. And I didn't know what what people thought. I was nervous as heck. I just wanted to tell them, look, you have to think about life after death. And here's what Jesus says. And here's what we're a part of. Are we a church that thinks, right? And that obeys and behaves. Because when we do that, it's beautiful. And Paul goes on. He says this. This is verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned, and here's Paul, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstance. I got to go over there two months ago. I've told you that a lot. probably sick of hearing me say that. The dude was beaten. The dude was whipped. He was shipwrecked. 
And he said, look, when you think you're going to lose your life, when you have a gun to your head and you think it's over, I have learned the secret, right? I have learned the secret, what it means to be a Christian. And he wasn't perfect. And we know in Romans 7, Paul said this, I don't do what I should and I do what I shouldn't. And so Paul is saying to himself and to us, he is the chief of sinners. And so he is not bragging here, but he says, look, I've applied this. My thought pattern and my behavior pattern. I'm free. I know, verse 12, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. You know when you're right in your job. You know when everybody likes you at school and you're the popular one. You know what it's like to feel like, okay, there's a downsizing and I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to have to tell my friend this and it's shameful. Paul says, I've learned the secret of being content no matter what. In a recession, in a bull market, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And this is probably, we know Tim Tebow wore this on his eye patch during the national championship game about 10 years ago, right? I can do all things, all things through Christ, which gives me strength, no matter what. What does he say in these two, in these two little sections here? He says, look, not only the thought life, but the behavior life, and even on top of that, the what? The emotional life that you guys feel. What you are feeling right now. That your emotional life given to the Lord will change. Um, If you can give your emotions over to him, your life will change. Your emotional life matters. So it's not just your thought life. It's not just your behavior life, but it's, it's your emotional life. And here at Westdown, that's what we believe. It's what you know. It's what you do. It's what you feel. And if you're in the middle of that triangle, right, and we're working on all three of those, I believe, right, I believe that we have what? We have communion with God. What if 2019, we understood, I need to control my thoughts. There's got to be limits. And if I have limits to my thoughts, I'm going to be, I'm going to experience more purity. And and what if I begin to consistently live the way God would have me live? You know what you're going to have? A clear conscience. Not a perfect conscience. I don't mean that you won't sin, but I will, uh, but but what you will have is a feeling inside of of being um, closer to the Lord. When you begin to live according to Christ's teachings and you begin to behave differently and understand that your word is a lamp unto my feet, I tell you what, um, there's a peace that you will experience. And when you understand that God may not meet all of your desires, and that's okay, your emotional life will be different. Because every one of you, every one of us, wants something right now. We feel and we want something. And what if that weren't to happen? Whatever you want right now, what if that doesn't happen? That affects your emotional life. But what if you give those emotions over to God? You are free. I am free. 
I want things. God, I want our church to be this way. God, I want my family to be this way. I desire that, but what if it doesn't happen? Paul says, you are still free. I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. What if that played out in your life? I guarantee you, you're going to be different. 2019 will be a peaceful, a transcendently peaceful year for you. And people will look at you and be like, dude, I know you wanted that and that didn't happen. And you'll be like, yeah, I know. But that's not the point. I wanted it. And I'll be very honest with you, but I'm at peace. And people will say, what do you have? And you'll tell them of the Lord in me. I want things, but it may not come true. And you will change the world. Because this is the part where people don't get it. They think, wait, wait, isn't God supposed to um, meet you, uh, meet your desires? And what we say as Christians, no. The point of the Bible isn't me. I'm not the centerpiece of the Bible. The centerpiece of the Bible is God. I am here for God. God is not here for me. And the world doesn't get that. But God is here for me, right? No, no. We are here for God. And when we can believe that intellectually, play that out behaviorally, and feel that existentially, I tell you what, we are different. And I will just tell you this. What will that give you? Here's what I think that gives you. And this is what changes things. And this is the point of of what I want to give to you. Uh, I think what the scriptures give to us. It will give you this. Confidence. You will get confidence. When you're confident about something, I believe your life changes. When you are confident that Christ is the point, you no longer fear failure. You'll change. 2019 will be different. When you decide that I am confident in Christ, you will be so self-determined. You will do things you never thought possible because your confidence is in Him. It will change. When you are confident, confident, not I hope, no, confident that you are being used by God. Hey, whatever. Decide what you want to do. Decide what your, what your dream is. Give that to the Lord. You know what? If you believe you are God's instrument, your life will change. I ask you again, how much do you worry? How much do you worry? And how much does worry rob you of life? Paul saying, please, don't let it win. May 2019 be different. The future, you don't know what Monday's bringing. Do you think everybody in this room thought on Wednesday that Chris would blow his head off on Thursday? No. They didn't know that. And that reality shook them to their core. I mean, it it shook me. I mean, he was in sixth grade in 1986. He was in sixth grade and I was in fifth grade or fifth grade and fourth. And I thought, man, I remember him. I hadn't seen him in, you know, I still haven't obviously seen him. But here are all these people. What's my confidence in? 
Man, Paul says to you and to me, what if we went through 19 without worrying as much as you do right now? What would your life be like? I think it would be different. And I think people would say, you know what? Tell me what you got. Tell me what you got. Because you know what? You have access to this if you know Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have access to being confident in him. And worry, anxiety should drop. Do you believe it? Do you believe that Christ has that for you for 2019? Looking and feeling yesterday around a lot of people who didn't have that made me want to say, I want to go to the scriptures and say, I want to make sure our church knows. Look, the gospel, because of Jesus, offers us security, offers us confidence. Do you believe that? When we believe it, and we think it, and we act it, and we feel it, we're different. When you, when you do something different and behave, you know what? It changes your thoughts, which changes your feelings. When you feel something different, it changes your thoughts, it changes your actions. When you do something different, right, behaviorally, it changes your, your feelings, which changes your thoughts. I don't care which, which stream or which on-ramp you come your, your, your behavior, your thought, or your feeling. Just decide which on-ramp what, uh, you want to take on. Because when you do it, it will change your actions, and it will change your thoughts. And that's what we want. Our thoughts, our actions, and our feelings to change because Christ has changed the world. Amen? We want to give this to the world because it's so important. So let's ask God to be with us as a church. And that we would be a conduit, right, of security. Not perfect security, but true security for those that worry incessantly. God, we are thankful that Paul is trying to challenge a church in Philippi because I know I settle for less. I'm nervous about what's going to happen tomorrow. And it changes the way I am. And what you want is you want every student in here to know that you have the future in your hand. You want every adult and parent to know they have the future of all the kids that are in Kidstown right now in your hand. And God, we need to believe this. You know I settle for less, and I believe that we struggle as a church with settling for less. And so, please God, challenge us, heal us, grow us as a church. God, minimize worry because our security is in what you have done in the cross. And God, we're free. We are free because we are a son and we are a daughter and we have a father who loves us. Thank you. For that truth, please, God, sear that into our souls this morning in your name. Amen.